0: Ironically, even though I was like kind of a big failure, like I couldn't hold a job, I didn't do well in school, like all the odds were like not in my favor. I just always knew that I had it in me to do well.
1: You're listening to Hawk Talk, a podcast all about the origin stories of the most interesting people in the world. Today, you know our guests as famous athletes, authors, and entrepreneurs, but there's so much more to the story. Let's get into today's interview with your host, Eric Huberman.
2: All right, you're listening to Hawk Talk. I'm here today with Aaron Kerman. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well. How are you?
2: Good. Thanks for coming on. So, got to start it out as we talked about before. I assume you came out of the womb into a 150 million dollar house, immediately put it on the market, got your first deal done, right?
0: People assume that all the time. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but it but it could not be farther from the truth. Actually, Uh, you know, my dad was in trucking. My mom was an elementary school teacher. Grew up in a very modest family. Where were you from? Yeah, in uh, Reseda, California. Okay. Yeah, in the valley. And I remember like I was on the periphery and there were all these expensive houses, not very far away, but far away. And I would ride my bike over to them when I was like six. And I shouldn't I should tell people this, but I actually like broke into houses that were a lot more expensive than mine. And I remember want, pretending to want to sell them. And I was like, no joke, I was like six, seven, eight.
2: Oh, so that, where do you think that came from? Like how do you, even knowing that that's what you do is sell houses?
0: I, I don't even remember. I don't even, I don't even know. I remember a friend, I, I, I never even said this out loud, but a friend's dad was a real estate agent and had one of those key cards. And I remember taking the key card and going into all the empty houses. And some of them were like really expensive at the time. And I would ride my little bike and hop over the gate. And I just remember kind of studying the way the other half lived. And thinking this is pretty fabulous, this is pretty great. <laughs> and then I would go home to my parents' house, and we had like holes in our carpet, and you know it was super dated, and it was just you know super not on. It was a very modest home, and, and and that was kind of my my upbringing. But um I always knew that there was something else.
2: And did your so growing up, what were your like interests, your hobbies? Did you like was, did that just retain? Were you into like interior design and homes? And through middle school, high school, was that always? part of it?
0: So I had a lot of challenges growing up. Growing up, I couldn't really speak very well. I had a horrible speech impediment. Uh, I couldn't say the letter R, so I literally couldn't say my own name. I was severely dyslexic, so I was, really had trouble in school. Reading and writing was almost impossible. I remember I had cheat on almost every test, starting from first grade, going on to God knows when. And so my academic career was always really difficult. On top of that, I I, I was gay and I was, I mean, I knew I was gay at a very young age. So I didn't really necessarily connect with people and, and this, you know, I'm forty-two 42 now. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't like as cool as it is today, you know, so yeah, that was kind accepted. of complicated for me. And so I remember growing up, I was always a little bit of an outsider because I, I i could not excel in school. I didn't have a whole lot of friends. I couldn't speak very well. And um, the only thing that was really great was I had a really supportive family that that helped me get through it. All those things kind of led to me loving real estate. I always loved real estate so much to the fact that, and I don't even know who was that, but I remember when I was like young, I used to make my parents look at houses, even though they couldn't afford to and had no intention of buying houses. I would literally make them drive around on Sundays and including, I remember wasting real estate time and getting into these fancy cars and making them pretend like they were going to buy something. So it was always kind of in my DNA
2: that's and did your parents ever go like where is this coming from or just like they just were supportive and accepted it just said no this is fun
0: <laughs> I think they didn't even know what hit them like we would ride bikes and I would be like let's stop at this open house and we would meet a fancy real estate agent you know in the neighborhood I'd be like we gotta go look at this and I was on a mission to get them to change that that whole carpet I, I remember for ten years we had these holes in our carpet I was like this is just not, it just didn't feel <laughs> organic to me. And so looking back though, I think that it was my saving grace because, you know, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I couldn't talk, but I always knew what I wanted to do. And I always had a passion for houses. Yep. And I think uh, it, 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 it was very lucky to have that trajectory.
2: When did you start like actually, obviously, as you said, you were touring around, but was there a point in high school or something where you actually started like turning it into a job yeah. or what'd you do work-wise?
0: You know, I remember I didn't get into college. I didn't get into USC and they wrote me a rejection letter. And I remember writing them back saying, how could you not let me in? I, I you know, yes, I have bad grades and yes, you know, I, I don't stack up, but here's why you should let me in. And funny enough, I got in on. Really? Uh, tempor- yeah. Like the, the I got a letter from USC and they said, hey, why don't you come in and meet, you know, one of the, the you know people in charge of admissions. I went in, I met him and I, I got a temporary admission oh. and we couldn't really afford USC at the time. My, my family couldn't afford USC. So I said, listen, my brother was at West Point Military Academy and he's very different than me. He's like just a different kind of player. And, and I said, look, you know, he's on scholarship. Why don't I join ROTC? They'll pay for college. And then, you know, I'll do a couple years in the military. And anybody who knows me knows that that's the furthest thing for me. I don't like, I, you know, the military is not for me in any way, shape or form. Uh, so I did it for the first six months and I got kicked out of the ROTC. They're like, we're not paying for school anymore. You're not for us. This what, what, is not a match. What was, their, was, yeah. was, like,
2: what was their issue?
0: everything like I you know I, I, I I'm a dyslexic I mean I, I barely knew how to put on my boots I know that sounds terrible but they were complicated and you know I, I you know I was in college and I you know I was had this new life freedom of you know college of you know you had to get up at five o'clock which was not for me at the time and you know I was I was you know learning how to be an adult and that just wasn't my moment and so I remember thinking wow now I can't really go to school because I have no money so I thought to myself all right well let's you know, kind of check out real estate. So I worked for a couple of real estate companies and I actually got fired from every real estate company I worked for, not as an agent, but as like an intern, an assistant, because all of the things that I'm not good at, I'm not, I wasn't good at as an assistant. Right. And I got fired from like three different places. And finally I thought, okay, well, I definitely can't work for somebody else. Things aren't going great maybe I should get my license and try to see if I can do it by myself.
2: I'm curious because a lot of people at that point would be like, I'm not meant for this industry versus like, oh, I'm just not meant to work for them. I'll do it myself. Like, where did that confidence sort of that side of it do you think come came from?
0: You know, I don't know the answer to that. The thing was ironically, even though I was like kind of a big failure, like I couldn't hold a job. I didn't do well in school, like all the odds were like, not in my favor. I always knew, I just always knew that I had it in me to do well. Like I never doubted that I was going to be successful. Now, what that meant. I don't think I knew that I always had confidence, even when I got fired. I mean, yes, it's a letdown and, and, and you're like, you know, why am I here? But, 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 but I always felt like I had that skill to be able to do well. And so once I got my real estate license, It was like the floodgates opened and all of a sudden all the things that I couldn't do well and all the things that I didn't do well for other people, I just sort of got together for myself and I did pretty well pretty soon. And I remember my mom went on one of my first, I went on a listing appointment. I was like 18 or 19. And somehow the timing was with like, somebody called me and I was like, mom, we have to go on this appointment. And my mom said she'd listen to me and she was shocked how good and confident I sounded. And she said, I remember it, it sounded like you were in the business for like 25 years.
2: Well, you, and in some ways, you weren't 25 years, but you had spent so much time looking at houses and understanding them and having a passion for it. Like, got to be honest, obviously, we all know a lot of agents and brokers, like most are doing it because they think it's a way to make money, not because they actually are passionate about the product.
0: For sure. And back then, real estate was not cool. Like, I remember I would tell my friends, I'm going to be a real estate agent. And they're like, that's what my grandma does. Like it was a very, it was like an antiquated industry where it didn't have the glamour and the television shows and all the stuff that you see today. Um, And, um, but but it was always super natural. And I always, it was the one, I always tell people like in life, there's a lot of things I don't know, politics, love, certain relationships, but real estate, once I got my license and I didn't work for somebody else, I was like the one thing I knew very naturally. It came very easy for me. And it was just like an instinct that I always was able to follow.
2: Yeah. And so how did you get your first listings? Like a lot of people, you know, starting out, there's a lot of people. I had my real estate license, by the way. I was in real estate for, I started in commercial real estate a week to the day before Lehman Brothers collapsed. Wow. Wow. And wow. so as a commercial agent at Sperry Van S in Brentwood. And uh, six months wow. in, I realized this is going to probably be a bad time to be in real estate, and I can't afford to not make any money. So started got on the internet, which worked out. But uh, I've seen that, like the, that first, unless you've got the grind in it, like how did you get your first listings, those first people to trust you at 18?
0: You know, I remember I was, at, at the time we had floor calls where you were just sat in your office and you hoped that somebody was going to call. And I remember somebody called, and at the time, he wanted a Richard Neutra. And I said, what the, I, I didn't say, he goes, I'm looking for a Neutra. And I said, great, I can help you find a Neutra. I had no idea what that meant. I was like, yeah. what? what is a Neutra? And I remember, I mean, it, this is, you know, it was a different era. So, I, I, you know, I realized it was a famous architect, yeah. super, you know, super well known, you know, did a lot of mid-century house. Houses and so i you know i said look i'll find you one come you know the guy was from san francisco he's like i was like come to la we'll we'll get it well i didn't realize how hard it was to find the Neutron but they're like treasures but you know they don't come up a dime a dozen so he came to la and i remember he was in my car and this was like my first client and i remember you know i'm dyslexic to this day right so I remember I had to pull up all these Yahoo maps and like I had, you know, we didn't have our, our smartphones in the back then. No. So I had all these maps directing me and I got really lost. And we had, we were looking at like four or five houses, not Neutra's. And I remember I got to the point where I had to call a real estate agent and tell them where I am to pick me up, to take us to the house. And I remember thinking to myself, Oh my God, this guy's never going to call me again. This has been the biggest disaster. And and he didn't. By the way, he never called me again. And <laughs> three months later, I, I Richard Neutra popped up, and I said, "I found your house. You got to come back to LA. You're gonna buy this house." He bought this house, and it's really funny because it's uh, you, the same guy has been my client for like 25 years, oh, yeah. and and it set me into this interesting path of like architecture and design and fashion. And so that one random phone call, with such a random call, really. Helped build my career, and it's something I'm super grateful for. Because without that call, who knows? Yeah. But it, that one guy happened to be friends with a lot of celebrities and a lot of people in the, you know, in fashion and art and entertainment. And it so it gave me this client base that was actually amazing.
2: That's awesome. Uh, and so it really was. And that, as you said, that one guy, he didn't call you back for three months. It took three months to get back in touch with him. During that three months, how was it? Like, was it? Were you questioning? Hard. It?
0: Uh, no, I mean, listen. Like anything, it's like Rome wasn't built overnight, uh, yeah. and and no, I but but I wasn't doing terrible. Like I was inching at it, and I, yeah. I I I was I was hustling and I was grinding, and I started getting listings. Like I, you know, people would refer me, and I would get them. And once I got them, I, you know, they you know you know they weren't the prize listings. They didn't. They weren't the homes that I sell today, but yeah. they were. A And they got me. They got my foot in the door, and I and I always knew, like I had the vision, like okay, I have one house now. I need two houses. I got two houses. I need three. And I I remember I would visualize a page of listings and be like, I want a page full of listings. Yeah. And within a couple years, like I had a page of listings, and I remember going, I want two pages of listings. And I remember like marketing and advertising and I remember thinking this is the visualization that I wanted and this is what I saw. And then I remember every, I mean, for, through every path, there's always a change, right? And so I was selling a couple hundred thousand dollar houses in the Valley. And I remember thinking, God, it would be great to increase the price point. And so, uh, you know, I, every tweak I had, I was like, well, how am I going to do that? And so for all the problems I had in my life, I would say one of the great things that I always remembered was I always had a visualization for where I wanted to go. And I always figured out a plan of action to try to get there.
2: Yeah. And that, I think that's so important. Like when you have a path or a goal in mind, you can start to build the pieces along the way and you know you're running in the right direction or wrong. So that makes a lot of sense.
0: It, even to this day, I always tell people like, you're going to win and you're going to lose. And that's, that's life, right? And it's like, as long as when you lose, you can kind of evaluate what, every time I lose, I'm like, well, what did I do wrong? What what did I do wrong? And how can I make sure I don't do that again? And sometimes we do it again. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Like, I'm going to learn this lesson eventually, right?
2: That's my biggest pet peeve with myself. I think it's the thing that pains me the most when I make the same mistake twice. I'm like, oh, Oh, I'm supposed to learn that. Oh my
0: God. You're like, fuck. You're like, fuck. How many times? And there's, certain mistakes that I make I've made a hundred times and and every time I'm like fuck I'm not gonna make that mistake again but the problem is the mistake is part of the life like you know like I I I know you know one of our mistakes that we make all the time is like immediate communication so important but when you get busy that that becomes very challenging right and and so one day we will get it down but (laughs) we still don't have it down yet
2: yeah. No, it's hundred percent. And so I'm curious, what do you think, like, as you said, it took you about a, two years to get that page of listings at the same time. Like what was it that about you that was it just, you got intros from this first guy that you found that architect for, or like what was it that made people go, I'm going to give you the shot at 19, 20 years old versus yeah. the person that's tried and true or my cousin or whoever else they were going for. Like, why were you able to get those listings?
0: So at the time, like my youth was a disadvantage because people didn't want to hire young. And today wealth patterns have changed. There's so many wealthy young people that the perception of youth and business is now it's actually probably a good thing. Whereas when I was young, it wasn't, I would say that one of the things that led me to be where I am is my trials and tribulations actually got me to be successful. Like The fact that when I was a kid, I couldn't speak, I couldn't talk, I couldn't communicate. The fact that I couldn't read, the fact that I couldn't write, all of those things sucked as a kid. But what it did as an adult was it made me hone in on human nature and human beings. And I was able to study the human being and it was able to help me build my interpersonal relationship uh, so that as a 21 year old or 22, when I was just starting, I really knew how to communicate with people. I knew how to really connect with people. And I, I really, and I know this sounds weird. Like I wasn't a master salesman there then, but I was a salesman
1: yeah.
0: and I knew how to sell. Like today I call myself like a master salesman because I really think I'm, I'm great. At Not enough. Yeah yeah and, and and selling is not selling right right but, exactly but I learned how to listen and how to understand what it is that people want so that I can do my best to deliver
2: got it and so obviously as you said over time you kind of set your sights on bigger houses and you know better areas so to speak, more expensive areas how did you kind of elevate to the point you're at now I mean you've had Literally, some of the biggest listings in history. Yeah. Correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. we sold the most expensive houses in the world. We're now at eight billion dollars in sales. Yeah, and we're yeah. we're lucky enough to like you know you know sell sell really to some of the most famous, most wealthy, and most expensive properties.
2: And so, where was like when was the first one? Where was that first step of like you went from like some you got? I get the progression from like two hundred thousand dollars houses, maybe getting into a million, two million, and that pro- process. But how do you then break through to being the guy to get the next, you know, $50 million house, $80 million, whatever that is? Yeah.
0: So I, I, over the course of like 15 years, I had a very strong, I, I was successful. I did good. I did good. I was like, people knew my name. At the time, actually, I'm not even sure I was that well liked. I was actually pretty insecure, and th- there were so many lessons I learned o- along the way. Which was I've heard amazing. your reputation is great, if it means anything. <laughs> uh, and, well, th- thank you, and and now it is, but I have to work on it. You know, you know that layer of insecurity as a kid that led to things that I could have done better. Right, I, I, I felt insecure, so if I if I wasn't your guy, I, I would lie and say I was. Right. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm pretty clear about, well, if I'm not your guy, I'm not your guy. Like, if, if it's not a match, it's not a match. But I remember what really got me, what, 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 was the, what propelled me to the big boy listings and, and girl listings, a $50 million listing was, I remember I, I was having a horrible year. I mean, I was a top producer, but I was having a really bad year. I had bad clients. And I remember telling my life coach, I was like, I'm just miserable. And she goes, get rid of every one of your clients. Fire them. I was really miserable that year and I went on a trip to Brazil and I came back and I literally was like, okay, I fired every single one of my clients. I was at ground level. and not only did I fire every one of my clients, but I was at a very safe company. It was like the prestige. It was the most prestigious luxury brand in Los Angeles. Which one? It's Hilton and Highland.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Super
0: luxury brand. And I was one of their top producers, but there were two other people there that, that started inching in on my territory and they were top producers. And I remember it was like leading to the school. Lack of self esteem for me, and I remember losing my my way. And I remember kind of searching for something else. And I was going to start this technology company with somebody, and this this, this guy said, well, "Go to any company; it doesn't matter what you're at. Go to the you know a company that's going to give you the highest split." And I remember I, I I met this company, and they 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 needed a luxury presence at the time. But they had, they didn't have a very established name, and so they're like, "We want you to build our luxury brand." it was the biggest decision for me because I wasn't sure I was ready for that. And I went from like a very prestigious company to a company that wasn't prestigious and luxury. They had 10 offices. And I said, look, I'm probably, and funny enough, all of a sudden the universe changed and I started making so much money at open and Highland and the world started course, opening yeah. up. And I told, the, I told the owner at the time, I was like, I'm not going to leave. And he, I was like, unless you're making me an offer that I can't refuse. Sure yeah. enough, he made me an offer I can't refuse. And I, I remember the owner of that company, you know, basically at the time was like, not only said I left, you, you said I was tired, right? You, it, it was a very dramatic break. Um, yeah. But when I started at this new company, I knew I needed, I needed to make a splash. It was like my time. And so I linked up with as many $50 million houses as I could. I remember launching this new company all of a sudden. I never had a $50 million listing. I never even had a $30 million listing. But yeah. when I launched at this new company, I was like, this is my time. I'm going to do it. And I, I launched at this huge house. Fifty million at the time, which was a lot. Yeah, and I just changed everything I did. Like all the bad that I did, I changed the good. All the the um, you know insecurities I had, I was like, I'm now a leader. I'm going to be a leader, and I'm going to lead well, and I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to be kind, and I'm going to be generous, and I'm going to make sure that I do this right. And from that generosity, led to more generosity, led to more listings, and all of a sudden. You know, a Saudi client would call me from Saudi Arabia, princes kings, queens, celebrities, and all of a sudden, it started to roll.
2: And so how did you get that first $50 million? You're moving to a new brokerage. You've never had a listing that size. Uh, you don't need to say who, but like, how did that listing come to be? Like, how are you able to secure that? Was it just brute force? I'm taking it like, <laughs>
0: or- you know, it was. It was, to be honest, an extreme, it, it was like, he knew me, we were friends. I pulled favors. I, 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 we, we, we really pulled favors. Uh, we really inched our way. We take, we took a reduction on commission. Like we, we do what we don't like to do, but I did what I needed to do to, to launch.
2: Yep. No, I mean, and listen, in those kind of situations, that makes sense. And that's where, you know, on a $50 million home, if you're going to knock a percent off of it, you get their attention. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and it was it was a defining moment for me because it was the make it or break it moment. I think a lot of people wanted me to fail. I was like, this is not gonna. I'm not gonna fail. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take this moment and and it. it, it I went from like a major company to what was a smaller company. It didn't have a brand name, and all of a sudden, people took notice of what we were doing. people are like, wow, like this little company. All of a sudden, has all this. Yeah, and we built we built a division that, that I was very proud of. It, it, it was, it was a lot of fun.
2: That's awesome. And so at this point, as you said, you've sold, what was the most expensive house in history? What was that house that you sold?
0: I sold, and this is not in the United States, but we sold a $300 million house. I can't talk about it, but it's, oh, okay. you know, abroad. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then in LA, the next one is 65. 65. So, and we also have marketed, the mountain and all yep. these other things but yeah we have we've had some super expensive houses um now in la we're seeing numbers at 150 and, and <laughs> we're seeing these crazy numbers. We're seeing these now they're not, the numbers.
2: they're are, listed at 150 is what i'm saying but
0: <laughs> yeah i mean we, we have like three three or four sales now at 150 which is really yeah yeah. yeah. and
2: listen a lot of people have money it could happen everything's kind of employed. listen
0: it's the, the the wealthier getting wealthier for sure yeah
2: 100%. And so, what's next? What do you think? What do you want to do from here? You've got, you've kind of, as you said, you've hit some of the most expensive houses in the world. Like, is there something you're building towards, or do you just like it? You love it? You want to keep going?
0: So, I went from being like a in very individual person to like running a team now. So, I have a team of like 115. I love the, the brand. Like, I went from a, my own name to building a, a brand, right? We're, you know, we're running a team and uh, the AKG brand. Um, I love, the success of my agents i love helping them succeed i still love succeeding as well but i love business in general i love strategy i love the, the the wins i love the brand building you know we we shot a show on cnbc listing impossible did really well working on media and tv now real estate is not just being a broker right so, um, being a good real estate agent is like actually being like a media personality, like, you know, we were always on TV and media and showing houses and YouTube and television networks. And then, you know, always pitching stories. And then we are cross connecting. And now technology is such an important part that we're, we're building a technology app that hopefully, you know, is going to be amazing based on intelligence, telling us who's looking at what, even if we're, we're not familiar. And so our, our, our list of agenda items, huge between the apps and media and television and brand building and, and building our team.
2: That's awesome. Got it. And so, last question for me: uh, for someone starting out that just wants to pursue their dreams, whether in real estate or something else, what's one piece of advice you'd give that you wish you received or you did receive that you think would really help in the right direction?
0: I think that knowing what you want is literally eighty percent of the game. And you know, a lot of people come to me for because they want to be successful, and they're like, "I want to be like you," or "I want, I want the money," or and. That comes with success, like money and things and, and, and learning. It all comes as part of the course, right? But knowing what you want will get you there because once you know what you want, all you have to do is plan it out yep. and strategize and visualize and imagine and make tweaks. And if you fail, failing is part of the success because if you don't fail, you're not going to learn, right? So from every failure is a, is a great lesson to learn. And the people that fail the most, Are the people that are the most successful and so i always tell people don't be afraid of failure fail because when you fail you will learn not to fail again right and really know what it is know what you're good at know what you're bad at and know what you want because once you have that all you have to do is map it out and there is something so easy about mapping it out because once you map you have a plan and I always tell people like I fail every day. It's it's to this day I fail, like I fail. Right. But as long as I have a plan to not fail again, I feel good. I'm like, well, that was a wash, but you know what? I know how not to do that again.
2: Yeah. You live to fight another day. You keep going. (laughs)
0: Live to fight another day. And, and, and the other thing that I, I I really think is so important is a enjoy whatever you do. Cause if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to be, successful but be in order to enjoy what you do authenticity is like so important right we have to know who we are we have to know what we're good at we have to know what we're bad at we have to know what we like and as long as you have all those things like we live in a world of possibilities like like we live we are so lucky i mean you know, look, we have a lot of problems in America. And there's a lot of issues, and, you know, but we live in a world where honestly, like I'm a, I'm a son of a, of, of basically somebody, a trucker, you know, trucking industry. And, you know, today I'm selling the most expensive houses to some of the most famous people and wealthy. And it's like, I just pinch myself. Cause I'm like, you know, sometimes I ask myself, how did that happen? Like, yeah. you know, I wish I, I, I wish I could tell you, I actually sometimes don't know myself, but I think that, possible for anybody to get to where they want to be with the right determination and focus
2: yeah I agree with you and I think it's listen the amount of success you're gonna have I think has a lot of luck to do with it too and random circumstance but to be some level of success was exactly what you said it's focusing knowing where you want to be and going for it like whether you'd be selling 50 million dollar homes 80 million dollar homes or 150 million dollar homes is I think has to there's a little bit of serendipity in there too but of but you would you'd have some level of success no matter what because you
0: but I'll, say, but I'll say something that word luck is a very weird word and sure. yeah. sometimes I I find myself on a bad day going oh uh, that was so unlucky like I'm like that's uh, fair. why am I like and I, I feel like we have to be careful with that word luck because I do believe there is a layer of luck right it, it happens and I think DNA, there's a level of some DNA in all of us that's like you know I always tell some certain successful people I'm like I'll never bet against that person because that person just has it in their DNA to know what they're doing. But that DNA also comes from like study, passion, yeah. um, yeah. visualization, like understanding who they are. So those people that I look at and those people that are the luckiest people in the world, yeah. they knew what they wanted. They had it down. They had a vision. They had a plan and they made their own luck.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I agree with that. Well awesome. Aaron, this has been super awesome. Thank you for coming on Hawk Talk.
0: Thank you for having me and hope to see you real soon.
1: Hawk Media is your outsourced CMO and marketing team. We'll dive into your business for free, identify opportunities in your marketing strategy, then get you teamed up with individual experts, all month to month and a la carte. Whether you're looking for a Facebook advertiser, a web designer, or a fractional CMO, we can help you drive growth for your business. We've successfully grown over 2,500 brands, and we're here to help you too. No matter your goal, we've got you covered.